Hello, welcome back. I am your host, Kristen, and you are listening to another episode of the Strip and Shake Podcast. Hello, welcome back to another episode. And today I'm taking a little bit of a different twist. I've changed my background today because I want to talk about this guy right here um, and share a little bit about his philosophy. And now I'm just going to tell you now, I actually have plans coming up for a, uh, with a really good friend of mine, Carol Ann, and we're going to go through his book in good detail, Reflections on a Philosophy. But today um, and for the next few, I just want to talk about the basics of thoughtsmanship. And um, I will read just a little bit about what thoughtsmanship is. And for those of you who are listening on the podcast and obviously do not see my screen, the gentleman that I'm pointing to is Dr. Shackley. And uh, so let's share what is thoughtsmanship. Thoughtsmanship is the art of expressing thought. Now we all think, I think, (laughs) but a lot of the time, actually most of the time, we run on an autopilot of thinking. And we're not deliberate about it. So when I think of thoughtsmanship, to me, that is a very deliberate form of thinking where you're actually intentionally putting the thoughts that you want into your mind, into your subconscious, rather than going along with the default thinking that maybe he's not so kind, (laughs) right? Let's face it. I've heard a lot of the thoughts I've said to myself, um, in my own mind. And to be honest, it's not very kind. Uh, We are, we can definitely be in our, be our own worst, worst enemy. So that's my, that's my perception of thoughtsmanship is being very deliberate about the thoughts that you're allowing into your brain. And um, if you've ever listened to my podcast, you may have heard that One of my big focuses is on all the aspects of health. And to have optimal health, it really comes down to as simple as three key things. I guess they're things, but it's about what you're inputting. So it's about the thoughts that you're inputting into your brain, what you're putting into your mouth, and how you move your body. That's really as simple as it gets. I mean, yes, there's a lot of sub-levels in between each of those little points, but that's the basics. If you're looking at it from a very high level view, it's, you know, the thoughts you're thinking, what you're eating or consuming, what you're putting into your mouth, drinking, eating, doesn't matter, and how you move your body. And this little segment, it's going to be a 10-part segment, is going to be all about the thoughts because thoughts are the birthplace of everything that you create in your life. And if you're allowing the default thoughts to keep coming in, you're going to get more of what you already have. And I have experienced this firsthand. So let's cover point one. So I'm just taking the little booklet, Thoughtsmanship, 10 Rules for Happiness and Contentment. And let's give her, let's just give her. Like I said, my friend and I, Caroline, are going to do the full 
the full hardcore version of Reflections on Philosophy with Dr. Shackley. Um, but I just want to do a quick little intro because this has been really weighing heavily. And as I've been thinking about, you know, it's still the beginning of the year. 2020 is still quite new. I've been really putting more intention into what I want to do with my business and how I want to look at things. And one of the things that I want to really create in my organization is a culture of thoughtsmanship. And there's a lot more to it, but um, that's the basis of it. So I want to help, you know, my, I have my little thing here. Let me just read it off my phone because obviously I don't remember it just yet. Uh, one momento, we'll go to me. So building warrior women leaders via thoughtsmanship, sensible nutrition, and curiosity and playfulness. That's really what I want our culture to be around. And I want it to be based on continuous learning, being open to that. And this is part of that. It's a matter of the thoughts we think. So let's read this. We'll make this, make this fun. So the first, you're not gonna be able to see that. The first rule, Plan for happiness with as much care as you plan for the welfare of your business. Happiness is a state of mind, therefore it depends entirely upon the thoughts you produce. You wouldn't know whether you are happy or not if you didn't think about it. So make sure that you think about the happiness you can, or you know, can be yours. As the salesman uses salesmanship, to direct his sales, you must use thoughtsmanship to direct your thoughts of happiness. Activate your thoughts and activate your life. So that's the step one is activating those thoughts, really being intentional about them. Now, the thing about that is at the beginning, it's challenging. It's going to be a struggle. Let's face it. You are dealing with years and years of default thinking patterns. For me, it's been over 30 years of default thinking patterns. I would say a little less because as a baby, you know, the thoughts are a little different, but still they're default thinking patterns. And it's going to take time and practice. It's a practice. This really is a practice and being intentional about it. So one of the first things that I've been doing too with a good friend of mine, a friend and colleague, actually, she's on my team, is we, um, I'm a big fan of Bob Proctor. I love his teachings. I love how he explains. Um, his focus is mostly about building wealth. But if you really listen to his teachings, it's also about just creating the life you want and doing it through deliberate, deliberate thinking and thoughts. And so reading his book, You Were Born Rich, if you get a chance to get it, I'll put the link actually in here. You can get it for free. You can get a free download of it, which I've just put into my iBooks on my iPhone, and I can read it straight from there. Um, it's a free resource if you choose, or if you want to, you can buy the hard copy. It doesn't really matter as long as you get the info, <laughs> which is critical. One of the things he says in the book is as he asks or suggests actions to take or things that you can do. He says, just put the book down and do it. Do it now and start building it. Don't read the whole book. And usually I wouldn't have listened to that advice. I would have just read the book and come, but I never come back. So I said, okay, let's start now by changing this pattern. And I'm going to actually 
do the things he's asking. And one of the things he said to do is take some, take five minutes, like starting with five minutes and just visualize doing something that you would do if you had the lifestyle that you desired, right? One of the things for me is I would go riding every single day, every single day. I have a picture of the horse that I would love. And so um, when it came to my visualizing, though, I noticed when I did it before, I was doing it from a third-person perspective. And if anyone here is a video gamer, uh, you know what that is, right? There's third-person and first-person are the two common ones. So third-person means that you're basically seeing yourself, but you're not seeing through your eyes. And whereas first-person is you're seeing through your eyes. You're actually seeing yourself, and you can see yourself reaching out and touching the things and smelling the things. Um, third person doesn't have that same visceral experience or sensation when you're visualizing. So I was really struggling with this. I was struggling to get myself in the first person because I'm so used to visualizing from a third person perspective. So I was like, what is one thing that I can visualize that I've done before that I know the motions that I could visualize from the first person perspective? And one of them was riding. Because I had, I've done riding lessons before. Um, I've ridden for most of my life, but I actually took riding lessons because I was a self-taught rider, which means I had a lot, and still do, <laughs> have a lot of faults in my riding. Um, so when I took riding lessons, I was a able to really hone and build some skill in riding because there is so much skill when you're riding. It's not just you're sitting on a horse. There is so much more to it. So I decided, okay, I'm going to go through just a basic, you know, figure eight pattern. I'll do it at a walk, trot, canter. And I can see it because I know sitting up top how the horse, how the horse's neck should be looking, where I should be positioned, where my hands are. And actually I will sit in my bed or lay in my bed with my hands in the position that I need them to be. And I will focus on relaxing my shoulders because when I first started, I was very tense. I was, um, I definitely wasn't relaxed. <laughs> It's nerve-wracking when you're getting instructed, right? Because you want to do things right, forgetting that you're actually in a lesson where it's actually a very good place to make those mistakes, but I didn't want to. So I would be very tense. So that was one thing. And I just, as I relaxed into it, I could start to really hone in. But I know, you know, what it feels like when you're posting and what leg you're supposed to be posting with. And I would go through that figure eight pattern and I can actually see okay, the horse is there. I have to look this way to turn the corner, you know, look ahead of where you want to go. Um, I need to half halt and I need to sit deep in my seat and move my legs and bring up to a canter on the corner. And I can actually go through that whole process in a very first person. It feels just like riding. My brain actually thinks it is because I've been doing it for not very long. It hasn't quite been a week yet that I've been getting into this practice of visualizing this. But I've been feeling better. I've been in a much better state of mind than normal. And I've noticed that I'm much more deliberate now about the thoughts I'm thinking because I'm having to pay attention to them. Um, do I get it perfect? No. Would I expect to get it perfect in five days? No. And I hope you don't either. One of the most beautiful things about being deliberate and getting deliberate with your thoughts is it takes practice, but you are allowed to mess it up and you're going to. So when you can actually accept that, that you're going to mess it up because it will happen. Any new habit that you're working on, you're going to fudge it up. <laughs> you're going to fudge it up. 
And that's okay. You're supposed to. We are so conditioned in school that you got to get the right answer and you got to do it right. Um, I remember in school, I struggled when I when I failed things because there's such a degrading feeling that comes when you don't get when you're called upon and you don't get the question to the answer right or the answer to the question right. Right? There's such a degrading feeling. You feel silly, like you should know it because that's kind of the the perception that you get from school. School is meant to be a place of learning, which means you're supposed to fudge up. You're supposed to get the answer wrong. That's why you're there, right? Because you don't know. And, but I still found that for me personally, and this might not be for any, everybody, but for me personally, I found it to be a very, very uh, disheartening experience being in school and not knowing the answers to questions. So learning too how to allow yourself to fail because honestly, if you look at any successful person in whatever area you are wanting to be successful in, and just to be clear, success looks different for everybody, right? Maybe success for you is being that multimillionaire billionaire and having the fancy houses and the cars and trips and all that stuff, right? Maybe that's what your vision of success is. Maybe your vision of success is a little cabin in the middle of butthole nowhere where you're just living off the land. Maybe that's success to you. Maybe success to you is just living in a townhouse in the middle of town and you know, it's not a huge lavish thing, but you're comfortable. Success is so many different things to every single different person on this planet. So you can't use someone else's success as your gauge. You have to use yours. You know, what do you really want? I mean, if you're, if people are telling you that, oh, you should want this, you should want that, and you don't, it's not going to help you. You're going to be going for those things, but not, it's going to feel very, I guess the word I can say is icky. It's going to feel icky. It's going to feel gross. It's not going to feel fun. Um, You're not going to enjoy it. And you won't have a driver passion for it. You just won't. (laughs) Trust me. Been there. Um, My goal isn't so much to have, you know, I do want to be making a substantial amount of money. um, But my goal is to, to have like all the fancy cars. Honestly, my dream car is a freaking Jeep. Pardon my French, but it's a Jeep. I love Jeeps. I've always loved them. My dad has a Jeep and his is the first Jeep that I've ever had a chance to actually drive. I freaking love it. It's amazing. It's so much fun. Um, So I don't really want a Ferrari. I don't really want all the nice fancy sport cars because they don't suit who I am. I'm a Jeep girl. I'm Jeep, truck, SUV. Yeah, bring it on. Um, Fancy sport cars, not so much. Unless, well, muscle cars are nice. I do like I do like the old muscle cars, um, the old muscle cars, not the new ones, because they're not muscly. Let's face it, <laughs> right? So that's the first thing: is define what your what is success for you, and then start practicing thinking the thoughts that are going to get you there. Don't think that you can't do it, even though you're going to, but do your best to be aware of that thought and catch it. And that's really what thoughtsmanship is: it's being extremely deliberate about the thoughts you're thinking and being very aware of the default thoughts that come in and being able to pivot and find a thought that works for you. So let me just give you an example. In Bob Proctor's book, he shares uh, a couple little affirmations if, if financial success is one of your things, right? So I'm going to use this as an example. You might have to pick a different one depending on what your version of success is and what you're working towards. 
So one of the things he says is most people have such a negative outlook and look at money, right? That's bad. It's the root of all evil, blah, 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 right? It's, it is. And it's, it's hard to get. It's slips through my fingers, all those types of things. And I'm definitely one of those people that struggles with that. Like, I just can't make enough money. I'm just not making enough money. Why can't I make enough money? Why is money eluding me? Those types of things. So first thing is, you know, money is what rules our world if you need things, if you want groceries, all that type of good stuff, right? Like it does rule our world in a sense. We got to stop letting it rule our world and be the ruler of it. Be the master of money. This is what he says in there. And money is the obedient servant. And it's not that you love money, but money is good. You love people and use money and money is good. It's one of the affirmations. Well, I've kind of altered it a little bit from him, but it's one of the affirmations that I've created out of what he has shared. Um, the other one that he has is, I am wealthy, I am prosperous, money is good. And it's amazing the difference it starts to feel. At first, it feels a little weird. Not going to lie. It feels really weird. It's like, it's just weird. <laughs> it feels like you're lying to yourself. But when you really start to look at money, it's not the money that's the challenge or that's the negative partner in the partnership. Usually, it's the person who's utilizing the money that is the negative partner in the partnership between money and whomever the person might be, right? This is why we think, you know, we get this idea that rich people are, you know, a lot, a lot of rich people are terrible. And to be perfectly honest with you, I know quite a few. <laughs> I've been really expanding and meeting more people who are very financially affluent. And I tell you what, they are not cruel people. They are the most generous, giving, kind people who really care about others and love other people. It's the very small few that give that terrible, terrible idea that money is bad. It's not the money. It's the person who's using the money, right? Whatever their perspective is and how what how they feel about it maybe they love money and use people and that's how that's going to create that negative outlook on it saying that oh he's rich he's no it's his perspective on it or her whomever right there's there's women out there too <laughs> that are wealthy and don't treat people very well um so that's what i wanted to share today is just learning to giving you an opportunity to take a step in and start to really notice and utilizing thoughtsmanship. And this is something that I want to build a team around. I mean, to be honest with you, I do want to be a multimillionaire. Why? Because that is where I can do the most good for the people around me and the people on this planet. That's where I can do the most good for anybody, right? When you're strapped for cash, it's really hard because, or it can be really hard. I'm not saying it's impossible because that would be a belief system that would be very restrictive, but it's a little bit harder, right? Because you are having to, maybe you don't, you'd rather just give some money to a charity or to a person who's struggling, but you don't have it, right? You don't have it to give. And honestly, where I see myself is if I'm looking at the company that I'm in, the highest rank is where I can do the most good. Why is that? Because if I'm at the highest rank, if I have somebody who comes into my organization who wants to get there, I already know the path, right? I, I got there. I can get you there. I can help you get there if you're willing to do the work, 
That's the critical thing. I will help. You got to do the work. And so that's my goal. My goal is to get to the highest rank in my company. And I want to get there as fast as possible. Because the faster I get there, that means the faster I can help other people get there too. So I hope that was helpful. And I really want you to take stock, take inventory of your thoughts and see what are you saying to yourself? What belief systems are you plugged into that are keeping you in the same spot? Now, I just want to give you full disclosure. I am not where I want to be. I'm not. But I am going to share my journey as I get there. And the reason I find that is so important is because you see so many people who are like overnight successes. We'll call them that, right? Truth is, they're not. I've met many people who overnight, their lives have changed, but it wasn't on an overnight process. It was many, many years. And finally, the work that they'd done had paid off. And I think sharing that journey is so, so critical. So that's what I want to do. I want to share my journey as I start changing those thoughts as well. I've got a little bit of a few days in. <laughs> and, and the other thing too is doing these videos and sharing it is going to hold me accountable to sticking to it. Am I going to be perfect? No, nobody is. Nobody is. Actually, you are perfect in your imperfectness. That's how I really feel about it. Um, excuse me. So really think about that quote, activate your thoughts and activate your life. Activate your thoughts and activate your life. Activate those thoughts. Let's get out of the default. So start with something really simple. What is something that you would do every single day? Or what would you be doing if you had all the money that you wanted and were at the lifestyle that you choose? that you desire, that you've dreamed of since you were little, what would you be doing? Take five minutes. Actually, five minutes before bed is great because then you get amazing dreams, <laughs> to be honest with you. You do. So take those five minutes and visualize a very simple activity that you would be doing from the first person perspective where you can actually see your hands moving out. You can feel the movement of whatever it is that you're doing. For me, it's riding. For you, it might be, I don't know, kayaking or going for a walk in the woods whenever you choose. It could be something incredibly simple as coloring. Whatever it might be, get yourself in the habit of doing that in your mind's eye from that first person perspective. And then I'd like to hear your results. I'd like to hear after a few days of doing it, what are you noticing about how you're feeling? What kind of thoughts are coming into your head? Do you find it easier to direct your thoughts in the direction you want them to go? So that's what I wanted to share with you all. So with that, I want to thank you for joining. Uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for liking. Thank you uh, for subscribing if you have. I appreciate it. Thank you for sharing this if you found this valuable. I, I, I greatly, greatly appreciate the support. And let's create this radical thought change in people. Let's help people change and activate their thoughts radically and live by Dr. Shackley's philosophy. We have that power. It's going to take some practice, but I know we can do it. So until next time, we'll see y'all later. Hugs.